Hello, this is Marquita Garman, aka One Kept Woman. Welcome to my podcast. You're listening to Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. All right. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. (laughs) You're listening to Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. And today I have with me my friend and author and life coach, Miss E. Renee Dixon. Hey everyone. Hi. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> let's try this. Let's try our Hey Girl Hey one more time. Hey Girl Hey. So I'm supposed to say Hey Girl Hey back. <laughs> <laughs> hey Girl Hey. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you on today. I'm going to introduce you from my perspective, who you are for me. Um, This is just a great opportunity for me to be able to interview you and speak to you because you are definitely a jewel. And um, I just hope that someone listens today and they're able to connect with you or just glean something great and awesome from the show today. So I met Miss E. Renee Dixon a few years ago. We were in the same ministry uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you too what you remember from them because my memory is a little fuzzy. I just remember that you were a person that just stood out to me and okay. um, yeah, and I know that we went through the same uh, lay counseling training at that ministry, but I know we connected and you were a person who whose number and information I always kept. So every once in a while when I would be in a certain place or, you know, things spiritually I might be praying about, specifically sometimes a dream, Mm -hmm. I would think of you and I'd reach out to you. So we just always stayed connected. And that relationship has definitely developed and evolved. And I am so glad that you are a person that God has kept me connected with and, and connected even closer during this time and season of my life. So, and I'm super, 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 super proud of you as well. Thank you. And you're a great inspiration. At this point, Miss um, Dixon has under her belt under her belt two books. Uh, her first book is "There Is Hope for Me," and it's also it's you know somewhat of her story and journey, and also including like a journal workbook entries as well. And her newest release, which I am still waiting for my copy, excited oh. to read. As like a uh, life coaching manual. As I said, she's a certified life coach and it is called The Art of Starting Over. So, Renee, give me a little background on you. Okay, well, just to um, piggyback on what you said about how we actually met, um, what I remember is that we met in the the MIME ministry yeah, at the church right. we were at together. That was my first meeting of you. And um, I'm surprised to hear you say that I stood out to you because I feel the same about you. I just feel like you were a light. You were, you were different. You were your own, you know, woman. You were walking to the beat of your own drum. I just noticed how sincere you were about everything that you did um, and how intense (laughs) you were. And um, I think that attracted me to you as, you know, as a friend, because I feel like I'm similar in that way, just intense. Like there's no, you know, we just don't have a lot of small talk and just trivial things. It's like, you know, whenever we talk, it's like we go there. (laughs) So that my first memory is in the mind ministry, and of course you're gifted in that area, and um, and then of course we we served together in the counseling ministry. So we've been, you know, intertwined in each other's lives for a a lot of years. I, yeah. I want to say, I want to say it was 2011 or 12. I when, know something like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I know. Yeah. 
So, um, so you want me to talk a little bit about me, um, and I'm I'm not that good at doing that. But I'm trying to get better. I mean, I, I, I understand that. I definitely get that. Just you know, tell me, well, share a little bit about yourself, like your your background as far as um, your education. Uh, I really, I'm gonna save some of the questions, but I really want to know about how you how you began writing and and things like that but go ahead and start wherever you like okay well um i think i've always been writing um i I have a degree in education and my goal with that degree has always been to be a support to the educational system and not a classroom teacher so initially i took that route in order to get to school counseling that was my initial goal but you know, things happen. I learned more about what what the different types of counseling are. And so I figured out that clinical mental health counseling was the route for me. And so I'm still pursuing that master's degree to actually be licensed in the state of Georgia. And I'm about two years out from that goal. Um, uh, I've always been a writer, like I said. Um, I remember writing from as soon as I... <laughs> I figured out how to hold a pen, you know, in my left hand, and and I've been drawing and writing, and you know, I feel like I've always had uh, a writing utensil in my hand. As a matter of fact, I have a small little lump on my writing finger because I have been such an avid writer my whole life. <laughs> so journaling was really the method for me to uh, express myself and get out. A lot of those deep thoughts that I had that I felt, you know, that intensity that we share, you know, those those thoughts, I didn't really have a, a way to get them out. So I would just write and I started writing poetry and, you know, little short stories. And so, yeah, I've been I've been writing pretty much my whole life. Um, this whole journey to being an author really for me is about just expressing my journey and my life lessons um so it's kind of a sophisticated version of my journals to be honest yeah i definitely relate to that yeah same and you know when i reading your book i feel like that same connection like the same way that you express yourself and how you're able to process and pull out i always call nuggets um, you had a different way that you described in your book, and I'm trying to remember how you described it, but it was very similar, um, the way that we process and we think and, and we're able to come up with those little trinkets that we can share with other people to say, this is how I process, and this is a way to deal with this, and I can mm-hmm. get that, pass that along to you. So, yeah. Yeah. Love it. So, okay, so you said you've been writing since, you know, basically since you could hold a pen or write an instrument. <laughs> so what was your process in your first book? What was your uh, breakdown to me or give me like a, a description of what your writing process looked like? Okay, so my writing process was kind of supernatural. I mean, you and I, you know, we... we I love can- it the things of the Lord. That's what we do, right? So literally this book was birthed, you know. Um, I can't really take credit for the process. <laughs> I mean, it's all God. So literally, um, I I started writing the first book, which is called There is Hope for Me, A Single Woman's Journey to True Love. It is a devotional book. And I wrote this book from beginning to end in six weeks. Wow. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I was just as amazed as I could be. I was like, okay, God. So I started writing it towards the end of January and I finished it towards the middle of March of 2019. Wow. Okay. So let's break down what that process because i know what you mean when i say when you say that you know this was you really attribute it to god and it was more it was like a spiritual thing for you i definitely get that but for people who don't really understand what that means okay let's break that down a little bit more because when you sit down and you okay let me ask you this when you wrote your book were you using um like were you typing it or were you writing it by hand 
Okay, when I wrote the book, I was actually typing it. But what I did first initially, <clears throat> just to go back, just to go back a little bit to okay. give a little bit more insight into how the book came to be. So um, in this on this particular week in January, I was taking a walk and God brought back to my remembrance um, a an incident that happened to me years ago. Um, where I was walking, I was taking a walk by myself and I started finding dimes on the ground. And when I found those dimes that first day, I found three dimes in a row. And so anytime, you know, you there's three of anything, it 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 comes, it, you pay attention to it. Right, and, right. Hey, this has got to mean something. And so when that day in January in 2019, when I was taking a walk, I started seeing dimes again. And it had been a while since I had seen dimes. And dimes were significant to me because at that initial point, when I was taking that first walk years ago, when I was going through so much in my, in my life and in my heart, God revealed to me that me finding those dimes was not by accident and that it was a message in those dimes. And from that day forward, whenever I found a dime, I picked it up and I reminded myself that God loves me, that he chose me and that I'm his favorite. And so they were always special to me. So on this day in January, I was taking a walk and I had, it had been a while since I found a dime. So when I saw one, I was like, oh, God is going to speak to me today. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a clue, like finding clues, right? Yeah, I was so excited. And that same day, I was going to attend one of my coaching clients events. She had been preparing this event that had been on her heart and I was going to support her and I was walking and praying prior to this event. So all of that is orchestrated by God. Mm -hmm. So I found that dime and it, it just it just started me going back in my mind about all of the things that I learned from that experience of coming to know God and coming to know how he cares about me and how personal he is that he would send a dime to speak to me. So that brought all that back and I just went in the house and I started writing. Like it was just instant. Wow. Just like that. And he gave me a whole description of the events around the dime, but he gave it to me as a fairy tale. And I wrote the fairy tale. The dime. Look, <laughs> guys, you got to get the book. Go ahead. So the fairy tale is called The Princess and the Coins. Princess and okay. the Coins, yes. The Princess and the Coins. And so I wrote that. I wrote that first on I, I can't remember the exact date but it was the last week of January of 2019 I wrote that down I was like okay this is something God this is the beginning of something I just knew it in my heart and I didn't know where it was gonna go and I couldn't focus on it at that moment so I left went to the event and came back and immediately started reading the princess and the coins and what I what I had what I and I'm not going to give away the story but what I really was communicating in the fairy tale was my idea of romantic relationship and how my singleness has evolved over time and my relationship with God has developed as a result of me, you know, making different choices in my life. So that's really, you know, a breakdown of what the book is about is really a, what the fairy tale is really based on. It's based on a true experience, but it was told in a whimsical way in order to grab people's attention. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, all right. You said it was, it took you six weeks to write mm -hmm. the book. Mm -hmm. Now, whenever you would sit down and write, did you find that it just, it just, kind of flowed for you like did you have to I don't know I don't I don't know what you know as far as different authors what their writing process or experiences is like but I'm just wondering if if yours since the way you described yours it really sounded very similar to how I felt like I would sit down and it would be like one of those moments where something that would usually seem like you'd have to have a lot of thought behind it that it would just <laughs> it wouldn't be that it would be just like a flow in the spirit to where you yeah yeah like somebody turned on the water and it's just exactly. funny, you know 
that's how it was so so after i wrote the fairy tale i wrote the outline for the book which which is the, the which are the chapters of the book and there the chapters in the book are are titled to match the meaning of the dimes and okay. did research to find out what the number 10 represents and that type of thing and um and so i, I put the chapters so that they would match that and um the whole story was going to be based around the dime so the the perfect the whole the complete and the chosen i actually did outline like i as if i was writing a paper for school and mm -hmm. i took each section i took the perfect section and i broke it down into three subsections and then i went to the next one the whole and i broke it down into two or three they all aren't the same length but just based on the topics that i wanted to cover under each heading or each title mm -hmm. i broke it down into subtitles and then i started writing um based on that i would introduce each section each chapter with either an excerpt from the fairy tale a scripture and a personal antidote from my life to kind of introduce where we were going and right. then i would you know write from there that so that's basically how each chapter was built yeah and that i love that because it makes it so personal and that's and that's why it's so easy to relate to and so easy to connect to and i love how you said it was pretty much i can't remember the exact words you used but it's like your journal brought to life somewhat you know you took your it's pretty much your same way that you just journal and talk to God but it was on another level and you know it's something that other people can really um tap into as well so I love that so tell me what was your what was your favorite chapter or even the most therapeutic for you well um I would say that the my favorite chapter was probably the one that's called whole and there's uh there's a section in the chapter called whole that's also called holes and so the the chapter whole is spelled w-h-o-l-e like a whole and complete piece but then the section within that chapter which is called holes like a donut hole or like you're punching holes in something h-o-l-e-s and those two words played on each other because um i feel like in my journey to wholeness i would self-sabotage and create holes in my life and in the very area that i wanted so badly for god to um to do something i was always creating holes and so that that section that i wrote about some of the mistakes that i made and you know my um my thought process about being married versus being single and how i got into so many destructive relationships with men and even with you know even with females i i was i was so hindered from from really being whole because of my own attitude you know so i i feel like that was the the most therapeutic for me because i realized i looked back over my life at that moment and everything that i had blamed god for i realized you know i did it with my own hands i tore holes in my soul yeah. with every bad decision you know to open up myself physically and emotionally to men who didn't have a rightful access to me and mm -hmm. so that that um section was the most therapeutic and then um i can't remember the chapter where i, I told about where I, I was having suicidal thoughts um, um, yeah, that was one of my favorite parts because I've been in, the, I've felt the weight of that place before. Uh, let me see. I think it might have been unfinished business. I think so too. Which was towards the end. Um, yeah, that part was heavy because I, I had to relive, um, you know, the, that moment in time when I, I was I was thinking about life <laughs> ending my own life, you know, and it was it was real. Um, you know, I even had gone in my mind to thinking how everybody's life would be without me. Wow. And, and as you as I studied, you know, counseling and, and all of that, I realized how close I really was to making that decision. It was only one or two more things I would have had to do or think 
to plan the event. And so I just thank God, you know, that it didn't come to that. But that that's in the book as well. And um, because you know, um, whenever I reconnected with you, I was in a place very similar to that. And I I feel like because you walked so close to it, I think. I think you were, and also, you know, just your, your, um, your, your whole purpose and just in who you are, your ministry, your ministry within yourself and being that you had walked so close to that place, you were able to actually snatch me from there, you know, from, from that perspective, because I don't, I don't think I've shared this part yet. Like we, we had a relationship as far as life coaching. Mm-hmm. I was actually in that place where I felt like, you know, what's the point of that hopelessness, that despair mm-hmm. and, you know, your book now looking back and, and, you know, from, from me reading your book, being in that place where my expectations had not, were not matching up to my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what you, how you described it and, and, being in that place and really thinking why am I here or like what's the point if this 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 the picture that we paint of our lives or our uh fantasy of what we think our life is supposed to look like is never going to be or it's not panning out that way so it's just a dark place to be in and it and you know in your book you talk about um purpose and process Mm-hmm. And really, it really lays out for a person who can be close to that place or has walked through that place or how to really walk through and come out because that can be a place of rebirth too, because that's what, you know, for me in the relationship I had with you through life coaching, that's exactly what it was because you end up uh, allowing the old things to die to be reborn again to something new. And and that's letting go and moving forward. And so, you know, it was very, you know, you said it was very therapeutic for you. I'm sure it would be therapeutic for every reader too, because it was definitely therapeutic for me um, reading that even through, even though I have walked through that place before, we'll always still come to, you know, another time in our lives where it's hard and it's time to go, especially in transition, you know, where it's time to go into a new place and you have to cast off or lay down or put aside those things that are no longer for yeah. what you're walking into. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's deep. And I, and I didn't take it for granted, you know, that I was imagining someone reading this book and being in the place where I was. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I put in there the suicide hotline number yeah. Because I knew that there would be someone that would be at that door and they would need a way out. And it would have been reckless of me to just leave that there and not provide some type of help, you know, for them. And 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 I prayed over each page of the book. And I know that it's ministering to people that I'll never meet. Oh yes, it definitely so, is. Yeah. And I know your target, well, Okay, so the title of your book includes, you know, really addressing single women. Right. So I just want to also add, I'm not single. I'm married. <laughs> I've been married for almost 13, almost 14 years at this point. Yeah. And your book so ministered to me, you know, as a married woman. So um, ladies out there, if you're, if you're married, this is still a treasure. It's still a great, great, great book of full of wisdom for every woman because you know we still have a lot of unfinished business a lot of times even though we are married you know mm-hmm. and not still living a single life there are still places in us and then even the principles themselves that's what I truly love too that they're principles and they fit they fit regardless you know that's what a principle is it's it's something that's going to fit uh, different scenarios and different situations so there's so many principles and, and good uh, treasures that you can pull out of this book that are very very useful so Renee what would you say would what would you hope to be the the major takeaway from from your book there is hope for me well I think overall just to go back to what you said about the principles um and and why it can apply to anyone at any stage even male 
you know, male or female. Um, because the principles that I learned through my process, everybody really has to learn them. And it's your own process. Mine just happened to be, you know, singleness. And the principles are self-esteem, identity, overcoming unrealistic expectations, yeah. um, overcoming negative emotions and wrong beliefs. I mean, believe it or not, you can believe some stuff uh, that's wrong. And, and then, of course, purpose, but not just purpose, but purpose and process, because right. every person has a purpose and you're not going to get to that purpose unless you go through the process. And a lot of times you get lost in the process and you never see your purpose. So that's one of the principles also, which was a big one is a commitment to sexual purity. Now, people, you know, put that heavy weight on singles to be sexually pure, but as a married person, Mm -hmm. You know, you have that same commitment That's to right. your spouse and to God and to yourself to be sexually pure. And if you can't do it in singleness, then being married is not magically going right. to make you committed <laughs> right. to being sexually pure. And then um, the the final one, well, th there's two more. Um, understanding what the greatest pleasure in life is was something that that I feel like I wanted to get across in this book. And having people to take their focus off of the tangible things, you know, materialism, um, you know, having a, a spouse, um, you know, even having a family, all of those things can become idols to yes, you if you don't have them in the right perspective. And right. so you know, there there is a great pleasure. <laughs> the greatest pleasure in, in our in this life is not sex, believe it or not. <laughs> You know, it's good now. Don't get me wrong. I'm still, I'm still here holding on. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you know, and then the final, the final principle is to know that you're chosen. That if you have a purpose, that if you're breathing it, you you've been chosen by God to to live a life that's set apart. And when you recognize that, um, you 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 become more focused on the things of the Lord and the things that will lead to life and liberty. And so that's, that's one of the, the takeaways that I would hope that people reading this book would get is that there's more to life than just what you see and you think and you, and you, you want, you know, we, mm -hmm. we become so consumed with just the day to day and the, you know, all of the images that bombard us daily, just, just speak to your flesh and it speaks to the cravings and the lust and the desires and it cultivates that. And so my desire in writing this book is that people will stop and they will look at their lives and, 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 and see how they can align themselves with God's word and his purpose for yeah. them and to let go of those negative um you know things that we carry some of those those habits that we form and and how we relate to people and and how we relate to ourselves yeah yeah love it great principles so we're gonna take a break right here and we'll come back and we'll talk about your newest book the art of starting over and your work as a life coach so we'll take a break right here. You're listening to Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman and Renee Dixon today. We'll be right back. You're listening to Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. We'll be right back. This is Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. All right, we're back. You're listening to Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman, and I have with me today Renee Dixon. We're discussing her two books and uh, her life coaching. So we've already talked about There Is Hope For Me. And so your second book, which was recently, very recently just released, is called The Art of Starting Over. So go ahead and tell me a little bit about The Art of Starting Over. 
Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the artist starting over is um, more of a, a coaching manual. I really wrote it as a, as a tag along to my coaching business to kind of give me a framework to um, work with clients. And I don't use it specifically with every person because, you know, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But I there, I did notice that there were some um, repeating um, themes in the lives of people that I work with. And of course, because of who I am, I attract people who are like me. Mm-hmm. So those same things were repeated in my life. And so when I, when I decided to put pen to paper and come up with a plan for um, coaching, I was unclear as to how I wanted to approach it. And, um, but I, I felt like I wanted to do group coaching. So I wrote this art of starting over as a curriculum at first. Okay. It was a curriculum for retreats and coaching um, groups for a group setting. Um, but then as I actually got started and, um, coaching, I realized that, you know, individual coaching is, is awesome too, you know, and I can see expanding into the area of group coaching as, as time progresses and and the book is going to help me to do that. So really what the art of starting over is about, is about helping people get unstuck. I mean, I know most people have found themselves at some point in time at a crossroads. Some people call it a crossroads. Mm -hmm. Some people call it a rut. You know, some people say they just, I just can't get, get it together. You know, I just feel stuck. So this book breaks down steps to help people get unstuck. And it's really a self-discovery. It it just kind of guides you through a process of self-discovery, somewhat like what I do in my coaching. Mm-hmm. And so I highlighted um, a few things that come up for people repeated, repetitively when they're stuck. Uh, one of them is forgiveness, okay? If you stuck, it's a good chance. <laughs> you got something to forgive, either yourself somebody a situation or or maybe even god mm-hmm. you know because uh unforgiveness is one of those things that will stop you in your tracks yes it will mm-hmm. so that that's um that's where i'm going with the whole um uh, the art of starting over and also in the book it gives you practical tools to help you to flesh out in your mind where you are, where you want to go, you know, and what has stopped you along your way. There's a section in the book, which I feel like is my favorite section. It's called vehicles and obstacles. Mm, Okay. A lot of times, you know, because of we are creatures of habit, we do the same things all the time. (laughs) We have our go-to attitudes Mm -hmm. that keep us in a rut. You know, we have our go-to crutches that we say, well, that's just how I am. (laughs) You know, that's just how God made me. But really, when you look back over your life, that attitude is an obstacle. It's a roadblock for you. And so, and, and, and sometimes the things that we turn our backs on are the vehicles. For, for example, I'm a type of person who is very sensitive when I say sensitive, I don't mean that my feelings are hurt easily. It, I mean that I can pick up on what other people are feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess discernment could be a word to describe that too, but I, I call it sensitive. And so there, there were times when I would try to shut that down because I didn't want to feel what other people were feeling because they don't let you in anyway. So what's the point? (laughs) Got to reach out and be in this together. I can feel what you're feeling. So we'll feel what you're feeling, and and people don't. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, whatever, whatever." So you know, you back up from that. Right. What I have realized is that the obstacle would be me hardening my heart. 
and turning away. The vehicle in me being more of who God made me to be is is, is leaning into that. Yeah. And, and really, you know, tapping into that sensitivity that, that I have. And maybe it's not for me to go to that person and say, I know what you're feeling, you know. Right. Maybe it's just for me to pray, you know, right. because I'm an intercessor and that gives me material <laughs> to pray about. So that's, that's an example of what I mean between vehicles and obstacles. You have your go-to habits, the things that you think work for you and you find out they really don't. And then you have those things that you try to cover up and hide that could really be the thing that could get you to your next level. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. I feel like there is not, not a person out there that could not benefit from your book because we have all been stuck and there comes a time oh I mean that's something that you're going to experience over and over in your life for a lot of us because that's a part of growth you know when you said it what I automatically thought about was being in the breach position Mm-hmm. And how, you know, when it's time to come forth, when it's time, it's time for a baby to be born, if that baby has not turned head down, then mm-hmm. things have to be done in order to get that baby in the right position in order to be birthed healthy, uh-huh. you know? And that's exactly what you do. I don't know how you don't know. You're a, a midwife. But um, <laughs> your your principles and everything that you do is just, yeah. But uh, I love that. So getting into that place and hold on let me pull up mine so the artist starting over right okay so what i want to ask you about is like your personal experience just tell us the place where the art of starting over was really or would really be like for you uh, like a, a work in motion you know what I mean like mm-hmm. well <laughs> so so my life has always been a series of, of of starts and stops um and in my in my teens and 20s I was a procrastinator but uh, and so I had a lot of starts and stops mm-hmm. and things that I wanted to do and didn't do but I realized that that fear was what kept me in that procrastination, that that constant start and stop. And it wasn't a healthy start and stop. So, but I still learned from that. And um, as God revealed to me my purpose, which is to help other people find their purpose, Mm -hmm. um, he showed me why I was starting and stopping all the time and starting over. And I think personally, um, when I realized that learning how to start over, having the courage to start over and actually taking the steps to start over was a gift when I realized that it was like an aha moment (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it gave life to everything that I have experienced in my past. The things that I considered failures Mm -hmm. were now um great victories because they I, I learned from it and I could write about it and I could pull out the weaknesses that those those red flags to help somebody else mm-hmm. you know and so like for instance I quit college when I was in college age I was in my 20s um because I was severely um just insecure like I my self-esteem was so low when I was in my teens and 20s it was so hard for me to take um any type of criticism and I was at that time I was in an art program I was in a design program wow okay and you know when it comes to creating (laughs) you have to be vulnerable and because my my self-esteem was so low I had worked myself into a frenzy of fear over the the jury of the artwork that I had to present in order to get into my program officially that would have been my sophomore year and i had to present a jury of my artwork to you know the the professors and the you know the department heads so they could you know say yes she can enter in whatever area that i wanted to enter and i had i was so fearful that i messed up like i i just stopped going to class i literally sabotaged sabotaged myself to where i got put on academic probation so then I quit because, uh, 
because I didn't see no way of getting out of that. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't have the courage to really face it. And so from that experience, I mean, I, I learned, okay, what's one thing that can stop you? Fear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's in the book too. You know, it talks about fear and how to use fear to your advantage, you know, and really people, I know in a lot of churches and, you know, even in the Bible, you know, God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind, uh, you know, and you can't have courage without fear. Right. Okay. So what I didn't learn in my twenties was courage. I had fear down pat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy part. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't learned courage yet. And I think that um, in the art of starting over, one of the chapters gives gives people a realistic um starting point for overcoming their fears i think what i like to do is give people practical examples that they can sort of act out a role play put themselves in a position where they can do something physically mm -hmm. but it represents an emotional um activity right yeah it does so, actually while you're talking i can see i don't know if this is something you may have already thought about or having the works but i can definitely see this this um this book being prepared in like a video format with actual you know people actually working through some of those things because i'm thinking about my daughter i feel like you just described my daughter in her, in her first year of going into her second year of college it's just like you just described her except for her major's music Okay. And it's like, yeah, as soon as it was time for her to be critiqued or, you know, criticized in her, in her gift, it was like, it, no, it's like that. I feel like that fear definitely kicked in. And as long as she was comfortable with where she was, but you know, that's a place where you, that's growth whenever, in order to get to that next level of, of, of sharpening in your gift, it takes that critique and that criticism. So you know, and so just while you were describing that, I, I couldn't help but think about her. And, um, you know, a format that would be great for her would be like the video format. So I'm pretty sure you've probably already thought about it. Actually, no. I mean, no? I, haven't, I haven't thought about the video, but what I what I do have in mind is doing workshops and retreats. Okay. And so they could very realistically be videotaped for, mm -hmm. you know, people to view later, but I'm more of an in-person type of um, person. So I don't really think, uh, <laughs> I don't really think about media unless somebody brings it up. I, Cause I like that person to person yeah. type of interaction. But I know in this day and age, you know, I, I got to get on board with that. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure. I'm going to encourage you in that because <laughs> I can definitely see that, like, and you have that, that interaction, but just recording it and not even, you know, I know you're saying doing the retreats and everything, but really just that format set up specifically to go along with the book too. I think mm -hmm. look, I'm just okay. putting it out there to you. I'm you for just, it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I could, I could do that. You can help me. <laughs> I will. You know, I will. <laughs> So I'm looking forward, I, this, this book I actually have not read yet, but I'm looking forward to reading it. So as a reader, what do you hope will be the major takeaway for this one? Um, I think that what I hope <laughs> would be a major takeaway for people is that they need to take time to self-reflect. Okay, um, yeah. Go through your life repeating cycles <sighs> and never taking time to think about what you're doing <laughs> so you know i hope that people when they read the book they'll actually go through the workbook exercises and take the time to think about what you're doing because i feel like there's so much growth can happen just in self-reflection yes yeah, and so the book is chock full of what I think are fun activities <laughs> to help you self-reflect, one of which is called the Identity Ladder. And, okay, um, tell us about that. God gave me this idea of walking people through the different stages of their lives, lives mm. to pinpoint where they hung their identity 
at whatever stage they were at. Because as we go throughout life, and I found this out myself, is that as a child, you have an identity and it's pretty much influenced by your parents and whoever raised you. But there's something that happened in your childhood that makes you say, I am whatever, whatever you, whatever you categorize yourself as. And for me, um, <clears throat> as a, as a preteen, tween um, age, I remember thinking, I am a peacemaker. Mm. I remember that thought because I was always the one in the house because I was sensitive. I could gauge if mama was in a good mood, if daddy was in a bad mood, if my sister was in a good mood, if my brother was in a bad mood. And I was always the one, you know, trying to bring that peace. <laughs> wow. So trying to make sure everybody was okay. So as a young child, I remember labeling myself and saying, I am a peacemaker. And so then there's different, different life um, um, experiences that cause you to label yourself. And so the, the identity ladder is going to help you to pinpoint those I am statements that you have made at critical points in your life that have then molded you into the direction that you are in at this very moment. Okay, well, let's do a little exercise here. And so from what you're saying about the ladder, you have me, my wheels turning. And I'm thinking back into my childhood and the major thing that I will say I am, what I would have labeled myself and really kind of still today is I'm an advocate for everyone. Like whatever I see, you know how that kid that uh, somebody, I, I really didn't get bullied, but if I see someone being bullied, I'm the one that's going to stand up for that person or, and I'm the protector and I'm the advocate. I'm the one that's going to say, oh, I know how to help you go and do, you need this? Let me help you go and get it. Or no, you're not going to, you know, beat up on this person. It's like, I'm the defender or advocate for people. Mm -hmm. So walking through that on your ladder, give me like a, what, where do I, where do I go with that? So the, the ladder is broken down into four sections. So it's um, infancy, okay. childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. And um, those are just ear markers that help you to think back and, and, and say, okay, um, what, what type of situation was I born into? If I was, a, when, the infancy one is, is probably the hardest for most people. Yeah. But when you think about it, you didn't have a choice as to what situation you were born into. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it makes you write down. So what I really want people to do is not, not focus so much on the latter per se, but focus more on those, those life circumstances that cause you to create your okay, idea. gotcha. Okay. Some of them are positive and some of them are negative. But once you go through and you write down all of those I am statements, not just the I am statements, but the situations that formed the right. I am statement yeah. at that stage in your life, then you'll begin to see your purpose mm -hmm. because you'll begin to see those patterns in your life when you take the time to think, okay, like, like for instance, in your situation where you said you were an advocate and you are always the one fighting causes and, 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 you know, fighting for the underdog. Right. In the context of your life, that that's a sign and a symbol, a foreshadowing of who you are today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the, the, the identity ladder, I'm, I'm hoping that people will do it each one step at a time and they'll write about the situation that they're experienced, that they will write their I am statement and they will begin to see who they are right now is who they've always been. Mm. And, and the things that they felt were challenges to them were really just forming their identity in Christ. And when you present all of those situations in the, in the context of the Lord, because this book, you know, it, it, everything I do is, 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 is biblical. It's Christian. It's based off of Christ and his liberty. So that's the, that's the whole goal of the identity ladder is to just take you step by step through your life developmental stages and see where you formed your identity.
wild. You know, it just sounds like so much self exploration. You know how everybody, <laughs> you know, you can go on Facebook and you can take a test to find out what kind of fruit you are, what kind of tool you are. <laughs> you know, but this is just sounds like a great tool to use to really delve into who you are as a person and really your identity in Christ so that you can really walk that out and yeah. walk into your purpose and I just love it I just think that <laughs> everybody needs to get it like this is this is awesome because we all need to be able to see ourselves more clearly so we can walk into our full purpose so yeah I'm yeah. 100% on board that's the reason why I was born <laughs> and that's what makes me so excited i want to give the full title of the book because okay. both of my books have a a main title and a okay. subtitle and so the book is called the art of starting over break forth now amen that's a hope that's a that's a prophetic word right there <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yes i felt i felt a little break and just say it okay. again tell us the title again the art of starting over break forth now hey, all right <laughs> y'all don't mind me don't mind me <laughs> i just love it i love it i love it um so let's talk a little bit about you as a life coach so what made you decide to become a life coach okay well um that's a good segue because the name of my coaching business is called break forth now mm -hmm. um and what made me decide to be a life coach is when God allowed me to see that my purpose was to help other people find their purpose, I went on a journey to figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, God is so faithful and he, you know, he leads you and guides you if you want to be led. Yes. So he led me to counseling first, mm -hmm. you know. And so counseling is, is a very long process of training and, you know, there's licensures, there's all types of, you know, educational milestones you have to meet. And it takes a lot of time. Yeah. It takes a lot of money. And so um, I'm, I'm pursuing that, of course. But in the process of, of the counseling journey, I found out about coaching. Um, and coaching is very similar to counseling in that it allows me to use my gifts in a similar way, you know, to work with people one-on-one -on -one and in groups to help them to, um, you know, discover themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's how I really came up, came across the coaching as a profession. And I actually was first introduced to it in a practical way with one of my friends who was going through a coaching certification program and she needed um, mock, mock clients. So I was, I served as a mock coaching client for her and when I was going through that I was like man this is, you know, this is what I really want to do uh -huh. and it helped me so much like I cannot put into words how much being her mock client felt like a real client you know I, I, I really did have a breakthrough um it was during that and it was years ago you know and I, I really at that moment is when I realized that I wanted to write a book that okay. um, I didn't know it would be these books. I didn't know it would be more than one. I didn't know what it would be about. But it was during that coaching experience that I realized that I wanted to write a book. And so here we are today. And so, yeah, um, that's why I'm a coach. I'm a coach because I get so excited about helping people to really be all of who they were meant yeah. to be. You know, that yeah. just excites me so much. I get what really makes me so sad is to see people living in a box and they put so many limitations on themselves. And oh my gosh, I get so excited when people just, you know, just right. do it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I definitely relate to that too, of course. Yes. It's just like an adrenaline, like, yes, go, go. You yeah. know, yeah. Oh, let me tell you this too. This right here is what really is the heartbeat of my of my my existence is that when I can help someone to see how beautiful they are and to see that they are a gift to the world. Yeah. Like, that just gives me so much joy because, you know, we as people, especially women, we are very critical and we have it. We can be so critical on ourselves and we point out our flaws. 
we focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. But when somebody asks you, what do you like about yourself? It's like, um, it's just crickets. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so um, being a coach, I, I have helped people to, to really dig deep. And it's hard for most people to figure out what's good about them. And that's a tragedy that I'm trying to end. <laughs> Amen. So, well, yeah. you have a presence. Let me say this. You have a presence about you that is drawing. And I think it is some, it's, it's there because it, it kind of softens the, it, it allows people to be able to come into that place with you so that you can, you know, be able to have the opportunity to lead them into their greatness but yeah it that is definitely a gift and you are definitely a gift and i'm just so happy that you were able to be with me today so that we could talk about your books and talk about you as a life coach so um right now before you move ahead i just want to tell everybody a little secret is that um you were actually my mock uh coaching client really yes when i was in <laughs> When I was in coaching training, um, well, really before that, when I was, you know, really just looking into it, you were, you were my very, very, very first. <laughs> wow. Well, let me say, let me add something to that. Let me add something to that because that experience, I know I mentioned a little bit earlier, but that experience, like I still pour from that. And that was something that really brought me into the next place that God had for me. It really opened my eyes to the more that God had for me, you know, and that um, I know I said this word, I kind of threw it out there a little haphazardly earlier, being a midwife, like God had been really speaking to me about being a, a midwife and what that meant. And you, he, he didn't say anything about it while we were in the process of the life coaching. But once we wrapped up and he began to talk to me again about it, it he highlighted he highlighted you like you just walked through this <laughs> with Renee, like this is what she did. And everything it kind of went into place like, oh, okay. I mean, like I said, we're very similar in that way. So a lot of the places where we connect and where we we relate, it highlighted for me more so of who God has called me to be. So Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. forever grateful to you for that. So praise God. Praise God. So what I want to ask is, are you working on a new book now? Or are you taking a little break? Or is there another book in the future? Well, I'm taking a little break. Um, God hasn't showed me the next book yet. I don't know if there will be another book. I mean, like I said. I'm at the liberty of the Lord right now. I'm going through a major transition, um, you know, moving from North Carolina to Georgia. Mm -hmm. And that, that the whole release of that book was parallel to me actually, you know, starting over. I'm living this book right now. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was another one to come. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. So y'all keep your ears to the ground. Of course, if it happens, I'll definitely be announcing it. But for right now, Renee, just tell everybody uh, where they can find both of your books and then also how they can connect with you as a life coach. Okay, you can find both of my books, um, The Art of Starting Over, Break Forth Now, as well as There Is Hope For Me, A Single Woman's Journey to True Love. Both of the books are available on Amazon in uh, ebook version as well as paperback version. You can just go to amazon.com and you can search under the title or you can search my name, which is E period Renee Dixon. That's R-E-N-E-E-D-I-X-O-N, E Renee Dixon. Um, you can find me on Amazon. You can also follow me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group. It's called Break Forth Now. Mm -hmm. And you can just um, look me up on Facebook and, and join the group. Ask to join the group. I will uh, welcome anyone who wants to be a part of the network of positive, purpose-filled people. Um, and also, if you would like to um, use my coaching services, then you can email me at 
Evelyn Dixon 47 at gmail.com. That is E V E L Y N D I X O N 47 at gmail.com. And um, you can get in touch with me that way. I have a website that's in the works, so um, I will be publishing that on the Breakforth Now Facebook page as soon as it's available. All right. And again, thank you for being with me today. I really enjoy talking to you as always. Yes, I love talking to you. <laughs> so that's it for today, folks. Thank you for joining us. Uh, One Care Woman and author and life coach, Renee Dixon on Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. Until next time, stay kept, folks. Well, that's it for today. But as always, you can still connect with me on Facebook at Kept Women or at my website, www.psalmsofone, the number one, keptwoman.com until then now unto him who's able to keep you and me from falling stay kept folks